And here we go. Welcome back. It's a uh, another edition of the 5050 podcast. Uh, welcome to all our listeners. Tonight, uh, starting a little bit different, we wanted to uh, go ahead and recognize, take a, take a moment to mourn the recent loss of a great goalkeeper in the college soccer world, highly respected and tremendous uh, young lady, leader, student athlete, who we recently got the news of her passing that's been going through, uh, being shared across the uh, the soccer world, not just the college soccer world. Uh, but uh, we stand with uh, the uh, the Stanford Stanford community, Stanford Athletics, the Stanford Women's Soccer Program, with uh, us recently finding out of the passing of Katie Meyer. Uh, so we want to just take a quick second and ask for a moment of silence. From the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between, this is the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. College Promoters USA. Founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. If your son or daughter is serious about college athletics, call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athletes. And here we go. It's another edition of the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA, our proud partners. College Promoters USA, they are America's premier college prep program and high school student-athlete marketing service since 1997. Located uh, locally here in San Antonio, Texas, you can find them in the Ventura Plaza Shopping Center, you can also find them on social at Twitter at SATX Recruiting, as well as on Instagram at College Promoters USA. And you can also get more information on them at their website, collegepromotersusa.com. My next guest, he is a uh, good good friend of mine, someone who I befriended back in uh, back in my El Paso days. Uh, we've been uh, st- staunch supporters. Uh, of one another and uh, very delighted, happy to have him here today, finally, and uh, on a very, very special day. Well, obviously, yesterday was more special, but he is Coach Rudy Radiger, the head men's and women's soccer coach of Talladega College. Coach, how are you? Great. Thank you very much. I got to say, Lavas Vakras, Litva, and Dobrovecia, Ukrainsky. There you go. There you go. And he'll get to he'll he'll get to that a little bit more in a second. Uh, glad to have you here, Coach. Uh, glad to have you here. You know, um, it's this one's kind of been a long time in the making. You know, and glad, so happy to see you get your uh, get your program. You know, uh, I know you've been working on this for a while. Uh, very few, there are very few um, individuals out there that I think that have the drive, the ambition, and the work ethic that you do. So I'm very happy for you. Glad to have you here. And you are here on all of day two, right? That's right. <laughs> day, That's two, right. day two on the job. 
and um, obviously also coming off of a birthday yesterday as well. So happy. Uh, I know I told you yesterday, but happy, happy birthday once again. Um, what a better, what a better birthday gift, right? Than a brand new job. It's like a rebirth all over again. It's a new yeah. place, a new team and new program and a, and a new year. I mean, everybody else starts out on the 1st of January, but mine always starts on the 1st of March. There you go. Awesome. So coach, before we dive in, you know, start looking at, at you know, I start peppering you with questions and whatnot. Just give us briefly a little, little synopsis of your background as far as a couple of places maybe you've been. Um, obviously, they're all kind of important to you, but maybe a couple of places that are near and dear to your heart and tell us where you've been and how you got here. Well, I'd say the, the thing that's interesting is I took a very non-traditional path as a student athlete. Traditional as far as going to college right away, out of high school. Um, but I was recruited and that's a word I actually, uh, personally despise because it's a, to me, it has a lot of connotations of deception, persuasion, and coercion. And I was two different programs that I was at that I was told stories. And when I got there, it wasn't true. Um, I had a really good foundation with Earl Welsh, um, who was my club coach as a youth. And then, um, you know, coaches in high school that really were about the person. And when I got to the college game, and was like, forget about the person. And I, I tell kids all the time, life happens for us, not to us. Um, but when the second school things really fell apart, um, I got into coaching because I wanted to help other people really early on. So I jumped in and started a club from scratch, didn't know what I was doing uh, really young. And then I became a high school athletic director at Piketon High School when I was about 22 years old. Um, no business doing that at such a young age. Uh, but I was also the soccer coach, and that taught me a lot about working with people that were in very different places in their careers. Because I was young, and like the basketball coach was a veteran coach, and played in the like been on NBA rosters. Um, worked with the football coach and and, and sharing players between because in Ohio, football and, and soccer play coincided in the fall. Um, and then I got my first opportunity at Bethany College, which is the smallest division or smallest NCAA school to ever win a team national championship and work with Cosmos Morantitas there as a volunteer way back, uh, got my foot in the door. Um, and then I happened to get the chance to go back to school um, when I was 30 years old at Notre Dame College with Mac McBride, um, working in the sports info side, not coaching. I saw what he did and how he cared for people. And I was like, that's who I want to be. Right. And so then along the way, doing all these different things and Got my chance to be a head coach at a junior college um, seven years ago and had to learn how to work within really restrictive situations and in an environment where typically junior college is inexpensive or free. And I had kids that were paying $20,000 after aid wow. and working against teams that were, you know, 18 full rides. And I didn't have a single full scholarship to give out. Man, to look at like in the place there, I used to ask kids how important Walmart was to them. You know, and that really shaped me because Walmart was 45 minutes away on a country road to another state, happened to be Alabama, and it was another time zone. And the Walmart was so rural, it closed at midnight. Heads would explode when I ask kids these questions because even internationals, domestic kids, they think it's on every corner of El Paso and, you know, whatever tiny town has a Walmart and Express, whatever. Not my town. The enrollment, actually, Talladega is larger than the population of Cuthbert, Georgia. And so it was just like to find the right fits. And that that really shaped me and then had the chance to work Division One at Oakland University, learn some things um, there and coaching the NAI at a bunch of different places. But without the bachelor's degree, 
I was very limited in clawing against the odds. So, I mean, I could talk about every school and all those things. Um, but most recently, I was at Blinn College, back with Mac McBride as an assistant um, in JCA Division One there in Texas. And just really kind of getting my foot back on the things. And then as life happens, it was never planned that I would leave so early because I finally got a coach with the guy that I respected. And actually, his first win as a college coach, I was on the losing end over 21 years ago. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, I guess, hey, I, and now you're here. Yeah. And I guess I did slip up there. And in between a lot of those college stops, I spent uh, time in Eastern Europe and coached in the Entreliga in, uh, for FK Babrungas in the Entreliga of Lithuania, and then spent three months in, in Ukraine where I lived and was visiting places and talking to clubs. Um, so it's like the, the world's a different place right now, Hector, than uh, like mm -hmm. I know you've served in the in the military and other people have. And I like directly right now, I've got friends who I stayed with for three months that were managers of where I lived. And they literally enrolled immediately when things went uh, to protect their freedom. So that's mm -hmm. one of the things that uh, is pretty near and dear to the world right now and what's going on. But right. we've gone through COVID and we're going through all kinds of things. And it's right. not a not the like never is a fun time, but I think every time is a, is a learning opportunity for people. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we opened, obviously we opened up on a very sad, tragic, somber note with, uh, with Katie Meyer, but also <clears throat> can't be going without, it can't go without being said as far as the tough time right now in terms of the world and obviously us and wanting to take note of the world standing, uh, standing with the people of Ukraine, um, and also, you know, obviously you you befriended a lot of people there in that time. They're there in Lithuania, Lithuania. Um, from your perspective, I just, you know, briefly, not not getting political here, obviously, but just more of from your perspective and what you see, you know, what what are your what are your thoughts on that? War is always a really tricky time. And I think um, when people don't know the background and the history and they look from the outside, it's hard to understand. But uh, being there is like, you know, and hopefully we're not going to get shut down here. It's kind of my, uh, my thing now with the uh, cyber and uh, never really was concerned about that before. But that's a that's a real thing that's been happening for years. The, you know, trying to manipulate um, the narrative, the story of what's real and what's not. And there's been a story that's been told by one country to try and validate their reason for, you know, going into destroying apartment complexes and just opening fire on, on residential property. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, it's a really, like, it's a really tough thing to think about. It's, you know, like there's been, there's been wars over, you know, resources forever. And that's what it's about. In, in the end of it, it's about resources. Um, to try and have a stranglehold on the rest of the world because Russia has something uh, in, a, in an excess of energy side of things that uh, people don't really realize. They think it's this cold, desolate place. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, you know, the narrative and the story that's being told by one side is very different from the other. Um, and like being in these times when you've got to like, like you can stand with somebody, um, but you can understand kind of the background of it. And there's a long history before you and I were around of right. the USSR and the history. I mean, you know, Lithuania was the first country to, to separate from the USSR in, I believe, 1991. And they're this tiny little country that's 
three hours, you know, east to west and about an hour and a half north to south. And they're, you know, they, it's an amazing thing. I got to say this because like in this ginormous country of ours, you know, people in New Orleans speak very differently from people in New York. They speak the same language, but it's very different. And there is a massive amount of distance between there. And I was in Plunge and I wanted to learn Lithuanian. And the, the player said, you don't want to learn it from us. I said, what do you mean? Yes, I do. And they said, the people in the capital in Vilnius, which is like three hours away, can't understand us because they had such a different dialect. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was a fascinating thing. It was like I was in New Orleans, you know, uh, New Orleans of Lithuania. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I actually, I having spent almost three years in Europe. Yeah, I definitely understand that for sure. So, well, you know, I hope uh, friends, people, you know, there are in that region. I hope they remain safe, obviously. And uh, like I said, the world, I know the world stands, stands with them. So wishing them the absolute best and hope they stay safe. Um, but as we transition here, coach, so Talladega College, tell us why, why Talladega? Why now? Well, the players asked me that when I visited, I think it was about three weeks ago. Um, the school brought me in to visit, to, to show me the school, make sure I, like that we were the fit for each other. And one of the girls actually asked me that. And I said, don't take this wrong and, and offensive because I said, you know, the history of Talladega has been on the men's side, very up and down. Great season, terrible season, bad season, average season. The women's team just hasn't really ever hit a stride of any sort. And I said, no offense to the players here. Um, I've gone in and I think it's been six or seven programs that I've seen a dramatic impact in some fashion that I, while I've been there, whether it's been my doing or not. Um, but there's always been reasons. There's always been things. And I said, well, the first thing, the mission statement and the, the vision of the school and the history really drew me. Um, the cost effectiveness for a private school that's, you know, U.S. News and World Report and Princeton reviewed. It's uh, like I've worked at a lot of schools that are super expensive and out of reach of a lot of kids. And Talladega opens a lot of doors that way. And then I said, you know, don't take offense to this. But men's and women's both have a chance to be the most improved team in the country next year. And I said, it's kind of a weird, sick bucket list that I've had the second, the third most improved teams in the country. I want that number one. And so, like, I'm going to work my socks off and and be there to do all the things that need to be to change the schedule and bring in the players and all those things. So there was there was a lot of things. But in the end of the day, when I actually came, like, I really wanted the job. Um like I was very intrigued and my old boss would always like, he would always chuckle when I would say that I was very intrigued, but I was like ready to accept the job without coming. And then I've been floored when I was there that day from about 1030 in the morning till four o'clock, the people here, like it's one thing to have a great school and a great degree. It's another thing when you have kids, it doesn't matter if they're coming from a few hours away or 24 hours away from home, having a support network beyond the soccer program, Right. is amazing like i used to just talk about and i said this to the kids i used to just talk about the soccer program you know and what we were going to do for them and now i'm saying you know the director of admissions lawn he's going around when he's showing me and he's just saying hey hector how's your grandma she out of the hospital now and how's that math class and then he'd be like oh that's hector from los angeles he's one of my kids go someplace else somebody else different story different questions oh they're from ohio stopped the kid when we were in the academic support building it was like really getting on him right. and i looked at him i said what in the world? And he goes, I stay connected to every kid I bring in. And I was like, wow, that's special. The director of admissions, there's almost 2000 kids that come to Talladega. He probably touches a quarter of them at least directly. 
So you're talking about hundreds of kids that he's yeah. invested in and that, and then it's like to below my office, here's the education department. I just went and introduced myself yesterday and they're like, if you need anything, we always have food here. You bring your kids down. You need this, you need that. I'm like, they didn't even know me. And they're immediately just ready to, you know, invest in people and get to know and what, what do I need from them? And I'm like, I came to get to know you so that, you know, it's not about me needing anything. I wanted to meet you because I'm the new guy on the block. So that's been the thing that really tied me because I've been looking for a destination job. You know, mm -hmm. there's been people who have been bashing me for years about, oh, Rudy's on the move again. Where's he going? And it's like, I've been volunteering and things along the way and getting experience and I was looking for that place that I could buy a house and, and set down roots and, and build a program for years um, with an administration that's investing here at Talladega millions of dollars in facilities in the last few years. Like they're serious about the students. And, you know, I'm in a building that's a very historic building. And across the way is, I mean, there's five nationally registered historic buildings because the, the campus is 100 or the school is 155 years old. Um, so it's been around a long time. but opened up a brand new soccer field, student activity center um, that they're just, they're mind boggling. I've seen, you know, like we're in the NAI and I've had people who played mid-major division one and they're like, what division is that in? You know, and that's like, yep, that's right. We're hosting yeah. the opening round of the uh, NAI men's basketball tournament next weekend. So we're one of the host sites and like, that's a sign of great administration, great facilities that, right. and, and then the basketball team has been as high as number two in the country. So, and we'll find out on Thursday if the women make it as well. Okay, good, good. So day two on the job today, what has, take us briefly, what have the last maybe 36 hours been like? Um, well, the 36 hours have been basically getting to know people here, um, connecting with people directly face-to-face -face, uh, or mask-to-mask -to, -mask, um, to, to get to know them and, you know, how can I help them? How the systems here work? Um, that's been one of the biggest things. And then trying to get my office set up because you got to have a workspace to be able to be effective. Um, and it's kind of like the players keep asking me when we're going to train. They think that that's, that's all we do. And it's like, I tell yeah. them like 98% of my job is not coaching and it is important, right. but that's not the thing at the moment. Like, I mean, yesterday, I think I had three, three schools that were flummoxed because I called and said, sorry, we're not playing you next year. You're not in the NAI. And I've been doing those kind of things. Recruiting um, has been already been ongoing for about three weeks because I knew this was going to happen. It wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when. So I rolled in Tuesday with about 40 kids who had already applied to Talladega. So there you go. Nice. that was, that was, <laughs> you know, because that was one of the big things that was an issue is the rosters were, were not in a collegiate size. And I'm not talking we need 50 kids like some schools have, but they only had 15 on each team. Right. And you just can't you can't go to the Southern States Conference and play competitively that way, even if the 15 players are phenomenal. So it's one of the things I talked to the players when I first came here. I said the roster is going to change. You know, it's going to get bigger. It's going to get deeper. Um, I said, I don't know how good you are, but the quality is going to get higher. Right. And so that was one of the things. But the last 36 hours, it's been talking to the players. I mean just it's important to get to know who's here um yeah. even yeah. even if they're seniors because some of those players have been really through some some challenging times and we've got a semester left for them to to kind of change their i mean they love the school but their soccer experience necessarily hasn't been what you know i would like it to be for them 
So it's been, it's been about people in the first 36 hours, you know? So that's been the biggest thing. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, coach. So after you're there, you're talking to a recruit, right? Or you're talking to the parents of a PSA of a potential student athlete. And after they're done butchering your name, right? So maybe you can set the record straight for all, maybe all our student athletes that are listening right now. But after that, they may, maybe they ask you, maybe it comes from a parent, right? It's like, Hey, you know, you're in one of these very unique situations at a four-year institution, a four-year program where you are the head coach for both the men's and women's programs, right? So I'm, I'm a recruit and I, I want the love. I want to be selfish. I want it to be about me. It's like, Hey coach, how, how am I going to be able to maybe survive, be noticed, get recognized, be able to vie for more playing time and get, get the things that I need. That's the right fit for me. If, if you're kind of being torn in two different directions, right. For both programs, how, what do you say to that? Well, I'll kind of like, one of the beautiful things is when I was up in Michigan working at Oakland university as a volunteer, I actually did about 200 training sessions in 100 games between under 10s and NCAA Division One between January and June, the middle of June. Um, and like I had parents flummoxed because, and I am terrible with names. I am absolutely horrendous. I'm a visual person, but quickly I learned all the players on my U15 team, my U14 team, my U10 team, my UWS women's team, and obviously at Oakland. And so it's like, to me, um, I think it's a strength to have the two teams because they play the same sport. They have common interests. They have common classes. Um, we're going to travel together. And, you know, one of the past things that I think was a mistake is the men's team went someplace and left the girls. And then the girls did the game and, and it was just like herky-jerky. Um, but, you know, when you come to like outside the student experience, you know, which is really important. The student athlete experience outside of the sport itself and playing, winning, losing study hall. I've never understood why you can't have both teams operating because you and I are on the same team. We got the same class, maybe, but so does Sally over here. And if we're all in the same class and we're doing study hall instead of us having to figure out oh, when Sally got free time, we can just do it at study hall because it's not an exclusive men's or women's. And we do community service and we're there We're we provide a bigger collection of people when we go, you know, work the NASCAR race up, up the road and we don't go fundraise. It's a lot easier to take both teams. And all of a sudden you look at the amount of players from different backgrounds and different places. And all of a sudden you've got to build in all these new friendships and future, you know, opportunities that if you're in business and I'm in, in accounting, it doesn't matter if we're men's or women's team and we graduate boom, somebody gets a good job and they're calling the other person. They just have built in a bigger network of people. So on the field, yeah, I'm not going to train the teams in a sense together. There'll be times when we do technical work and that's fine. But like when we're talking about winning and losing, preparing for games, those are separated. Um, but I've worked with hundreds of players in a singular, you know, season. Um, this is a lot more, it's specific and individualized as far as the two teams um, but I enjoy coaching both. They balance each other. The men's behave one way, the women's behave another way. And it's like the yin and the yang in my life that I find it is a real big blessing and an opportunity. I've, I've enjoyed coaching both. And throughout my career, I've sometimes bounced back and forth and sometimes mm -hmm. been coaching both at the same time. So 
Um, I, I was I was kind of like searching for that opportunity, and here was Talladega that had everything all rolled into one. Awesome. So that's what like to talk to a, to a prospect. If I'll be honest, if they were like, "How's it going to be about me?" I would be like, "You're coming the wrong place," because it's going to be a big picture. You know, you know, it's not about the individual. Um, there's a reason why my known as is Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how will Teledega look different under you? Um, Obviously, that's a, to... that's a very big question, but maybe if you can tell us maybe day one, right? One or two things, right? <clears throat> I think, I think the biggest thing is I've talked to kids cause they're like, kids asked me before I got the job, what school are you going to? And I was like, let's have a phone call. Like, because I didn't want him to go to the website and see the women's team hadn't scored a single goal before we had a conversation. Um, cause I, instead it was more like, let me tell you about, like, it's easy. I had a coach tell me we're going to be better. We're going to become successful. And for 24 years, they didn't have a winning season. They didn't can become successful when I was there or after I was there, there was no plan. There was nothing. And, you know, Bluefield college two, uh, 10 years ago, team was the third most improved team in the country. We had a plan. And there were players that were already on that team from years before because in 13 years prior to that, they had won one conference game. Like, and then we made the conference quarterfinals and we played in what I would say definitely was the hardest conference in the country that year. National champ, Lindsey Wilson, Cumberland went to the sweet 16, Georgetown and one other team went to the Christian college national tournament. We weren't supposed to do anything. We had six weeks brought in about like eight or 10 girls to add to the, you know, 10, I think we brought in eight and there were already 10 players there. And, but there was a plan and then we trained and changing that the environment around the players and, you know, the meetings and the, the team bonding. There's just like, there's so many things. The schedule is going to look different. The size of the squad is going to look different. Our, our approach to games, our approach to, I think from the community, the players here are loved already. They're great citizens. They're good students. It's not, I'm not coming into a dumpster fire that I've called some other places in the past where it was like, one point GPA and the kids were getting in trouble. I don't have that at Talladega, but from a competitive and a squad size, that's going to be the biggest change in the organization. I think um, where we're going to play. I mean, this is why I made some people upset. They were they were thinking they were going to play Talladega for an easy win. D three school, USC AA, NCCA, and I said, I'm sorry, you're not an AI team. I said, I'll do us a disservice. I said, I'm not saying this is happening this year or in two years, but at some time we're going to be in a position to where we have a chance to be nationally ranked. And if we're playing teams that are not affiliated with our national association, we won't. And I'll have done a disservice to the school and the players and the program. So I'm like, I'm, I'm setting it straight up right from the get go. So that's a big change because I would say probably 80% of the non-conference games in the, at least in the last season were against non-affiliated teams. So that's a big change in who we're playing, where we're playing, um, in kind of our direction of the program, it's about excellence instead of, I think maybe it feels like there was a bit of a, like an overarching, like fun, which is, it's fun to win. You know, it's, it's fun to compete. It's fun to, to grow as a human being. It's not fun to go out there and give up, you know, 80 goals or what have you in a season, or it's not fun to play with nine players. Like those things aren't fun. Um, sure. It's fun to travel places and go to different places, but, I I've learned a long time ago that like, it's fun when you overcome the odds and the adversity, I, you know, I find it more enjoyable. What's going to happen over the next, you know, four or five months. Uh, Cause people are like, don't get burned out. 
don't worry. I'm going to work like a madman for about four months and I'm have about a few weeks off and then we'll go into preseason and I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So NAIA, right? Your last two stops, last most recent stops, right? You were D1 up at Oakland in the horizon. Then you were uh, Division One NJCAA JUCO at Blinn. And now you're here at the NAIA. Um, for some, yeah, and you know you're gonna you're gonna find this right. You're gonna find yourself explaining a lot of, hey, what the heck is the NAIA? I know NCAA, right? And then I know there's these divisions. I kind of know a little bit of, of the JUCO world, but what is the NAIA, right? So, how do you go about that? And also, what has you excited about being and competing at this level now at the NAIA? Well, I'm a actually the conference commissioner called me today, um, which I didn't know in the past, and I get this call and I. I answer it and it's like conference commissioner. I'm like, I've been here a hot second. Like, what is it? like, usually you're in trouble when somebody like that calls and I'm like, I haven't done anything. And then he's like, congratulating me and everything. And I, I told him and I'll say you, like, I got my start in the NAI. The NAI was a lot different, you know, a long time ago, right. back yeah. in the day. And I loved what the NAI was then, you know, there was opportunities for older players to come over, get their degree that might be 26 or 28 year old freshmen. But that's not the case anymore. Um, the NAI is a home for a lot of private schools, to, you know, might be re religiously affiliated in a lot of cases. Um, you don't find a lot of state schools in the NAI and they, they have the, the values that they share um, across the board and they value uh, citizenship and, and those kind of things. And they reward academics uh, from how they judge scholarships and different things. Um, I find the NAI to be a very wonderful place. Um, I've worn so many hats soon. I won't have to shave. Um, but I enjoy that. And it's like, I came here day one, we're getting ready to host the national basketball tournament opening round and the tornado network director, Trayvon, Trayvon, um, I'm going to butcher his name. So I apologize. Um, he's like on the phone. I've just met this kid and, um, he's like, yeah, I'm just trying to get somebody to do play by play. And I was like, He's like, you have experience? And I was like, yep. And so it's like, I'm ready to jump in and be involved. And that's one of the things that I love about the NAI is there's opportunities. He's a student and he's running a network. And from everything I've watched, it's been really good. Um, he also works in the WAC, uh, Western Athletic Conference and broadcasting. But those are the kind of things sometimes smaller schools and people go, Oh my gosh, you know, like, cause we kind of experienced this, right? Like there's all, there's these administrators and they're real busy and like, it's just this, my first day and they're, they're in all these meetings for the national tournament. And like, we were going to do this yesterday and it's like, didn't quite work out that way. Yeah, and I'm, of course. I'm, yeah. I'm flexible and I just kind of understood that and embraced it. And it's like the assistant AD wears about four or five hats and, um, it's understanding that people are doing it for the love. Like I've never done it for the money. I've always, Absolutely. and I told him, I told him, I said, I need to be really engaged or I get bored. You know, if, if there's stuff not happening, if, you know, if it's just so easy and so like, all I do is coach, you know, that's one of the reasons, like when I was in Lithuania, it was like, that was actually boring because it was only like four hours out of the day. And I'm like, I'm used to, doing all this stuff leading up to training and things afterwards. It's yeah. like, go to training, coach these three teams, see you later. And that was it on a daily basis. And I was like, this is not what it's all cracked up to be for me in the yeah. professional game. Yeah. 
Um, but the NAI, it's, it's different, you know, and this is on the men's side. I've held on to this for a long time. I've, I've worked in every division, coaching everything but division two. But I've worked at a school that was NCAA division two. And on the men's side, I believe the quality is so good that you could take the best programs that are consistent. And with, I won't name any schools, but you can take those like five to 10 schools every year. If you play them against each other, which they're not going to do, but if they would in a Champions League kind of format, there'd be a lot of 500 records. You know, mm -hmm. there's a big, there's a difference between the depth and maybe a Division three school and a little bit more in the NAI and then maybe a similar in Division two. And then Division one, everybody wants to be there. And I'm, I've been there, but not every Division one school is as great as the next. And there's levels in every division. So, but the elites on men's side is very elite. They're very similar. 2010, Luke Holmes was the NAI National Player of the Year at Notre Dame College. And national runners up because of transferring to Division Two. No postseason the next year. He transfers and plays alongside Darren Maddox at the University of Akron. 2010, Akron was the national champs. Mm -hmm. He had to miss a few games. And he still was first team all-conference and playing alongside the number two draft pick in the MLS starts like, yeah, yeah. you know, like there, there, that's the equality between the NAI and the elite levels and the elite division one. And it's the same with division two and division three. I mean, I'm just right. going to say Jay Martin is a mentor of mine and 42 national tournament births in uh, 44 seasons. And there's a lot of players who can't play at Ohio Westland, you know, it doesn't matter what they think they are. That it's like I've had kids say, oh, when I was a junior college, I'm not I'm, I'm better than D3. Well, you can't play at this school or Ohio Westland. So don't tell me you're not D3. You know, it's uh, now the women's side. It's a little bit more geared towards D1s way more athletic. You know, it's just a it's a bit of a different game there. Um, you know, you get you get those players that are really, really special. Uh, Chloe Barthouse, I had a chance to coach when I was up in Michigan in the UWS and as a freshman, she's just she's at a different level, you know, in the spring at, at Murray State. First team all conference, led the conference in goals and points and game tying goals and game winning goals. And she only started two games like scary, you know, and Bethany. But this is the deal. Like Bethany Balser is a little bit of an anomaly in the NAI. Right. But if anybody follows women's soccer, Bethany Balser was, right. you know, silver ball winner in the NWSL this year. Yeah. Five years ago, she yeah. was rookie of the year. Um, you know, signed a long-term contract with OL Rain. I saw her when she was a freshman down at Orange Beach here in Alabama, national tournament. I was broadcasting, never heard of Spring Arbor at the time. They had the worst, by the way. If Chris, if you're watching, I hope he is. Please get rid of those baby blue and white striped uh, hoop uniforms with white numbers. They were the worst as a broadcaster. Um, <laughs> but I gotta figure out who the how they moved, you know, Skierbeek on the wing and Bethany was pretty obvious. And there were other girls that I don't remember their names, but like Bethany, I looked at her and I was like, she's different. She was a freshman. I think she scored right. 100, 100 and some goal, 120 some goals in her college career and only three time NAI national player of the year between men's or women's. And, you know, so like she's kind of an anomaly, but there are those players Absolutely. That, that are in the NAI, but Absolutely. like, she was a mid-major, maybe low power five, if you want to go that way on the women's side. She chose to, you know, go to Spring Arbor. It was the right fit for her. Right. So that's yeah. like, I think when you're talking about associations and divisions, a lot of people get hung up on that. Uh, um, yeah. 
Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And and it's like, I think, you know, people ask about Talladega and certain things. And I tell them, like, no school is right for everybody. You know, if there was a perfect school for everybody, it would be for nobody. Because, you know, tell right. kids all the time, there are schools in the mountains. There are schools in the desert. There are schools by the beach. You know, there are schools in big cities and tiny towns that you can go from mm-hmm. millions of people down to a thousand people. And there are colleges in them in this huge country. And there's a place for everybody. So if you get stuck on the the association um, or division, you can miss out on like really good opportunity. And that's that's one of the things because the like there are different coaches in every association that are good, bad and different. Absolutely. Programs that are super funded and there are programs that are. So, I mean, it's kind of the, it's kind of the beautiful thing about sports, but soccer, soccer's different, you know, than, than American football. I couldn't say that about football or basketball to say, Ooh, like our basketball team's really good. And I haven't looked at the, the schedules or anything like that to see who they played, but I'm guessing if they went up against West Virginia or, you know, Stanford or Kentucky, those teams are probably winning because of the, the athletic ability and, you know, those kind of things. It's been a while since Dennis Rodman, um, trying to think who else played NAI, um, yeah. you know, but there, there's been some, but it's been a while ago. Since yeah, you've had yeah. those kind of and I think, and I think you hit the nail on the head too with, with Bethany Belser, as far as she chose, right. Mm-hmm. She made that, that decision. So yeah, good on her. Kudos to her. So, uh, got a comment here from, uh, Coach, uh, Coach Obed, Obed Hernandez, Coach, how are you? Uh, congrats, Coach Rudy. Excited to see you continue your growth. El Paso has some great players for you. So, and that's a kind of perfect little segue for, you know, my next question. We talked about how, in terms of El Paso um, and that area, that region, right? <clears throat> it's where we met and you and I had kind of, known of each other for for a good bit that's where we met and really had the opportunity to um, to engage there locally i know you gave the region a lot of love but from from your perspective and what you see there um what what's your take on that area for not just for really the players this is your opportunity to not only reach out to student athletes parents that'll be listening from that region that area but also other coaches that need to also try to kind of wake up and realize what's there. And I will say it's definitely about El Paso, but it was also about the Rio Grande Valley, two places mm-hmm. that I went when I was at Blinn. I went, I've been to El Paso a couple of times and there are players there. Um, and it's, it's, it's a bigger arching thing. Um, they've been little hotbeds for me. Um, and I, I'm, I'm willing to share them because there are so many players there that need to be seen, um, need to be discovered and, you know, talking to some of the kids. And it's like, I'm, I'm befuddled. Some of these really talented players um, that they're like, you know, Blinn, Blinn is their number one choice. And I was leaving, letting them know I'm leaving. This is the head coach. And it's like finding out nobody else has talked to them. You know, kids in the locomotive Academy, international, um, those kind of things. So it's not so much on the, it's, it's, you know, the club, whatever, but it's also the fact that I went over to both places for uh, tournaments during the season. And if I didn't know you and I didn't know the Montwood coach, it would have been impossible to know schedules. Um, when I went down to the Rio Grande Valley, if, if we hadn't had a connection to one of the coaches. I know high school coaches there locally that would say the same thing. Yeah. And, they're, <laughs> and they're coaches. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's like you, being able to promote that. I mean, um, it was, you know, I wish I could remember, but the um, El Paso Times sports um, guy, I, I tweeted. Felix, uh, Felix Chavez, great guy. Yes, yes, great absolutely. Guy, He's guy. done a really good job. So, you know, Blinn, we tweeted out uh, when I was there that, you know, we were coming and tweeted at him and he retweets it. And it was great because yeah. like I'm in the stands, you know, got my thing and kids, kids are looking over their shoulder. And I'm like, I'm thinking like, I don't want to recruit this kid because uh, they were looking at their parents and whatever. Come to find out, they were like, there's the scout. And um, coaches were like, oh, yeah, you know, and then parents, you know, and it was because of his retweet to like 20,000 people. Um, people were looking for the logo. They didn't know what I looked like, um, but they were. So that was like all of a sudden we had this special attention. We went over to the Rio Grande Valley and we got connected with um, a journalist over there who actually interviewed us and interviewed the high school coach. And it's not to shame anybody, but she didn't know the event was going on. I was looking for the same thing that Felix had given us in El Paso, just promote us that we're coming. And she's like, will you do an interview? Sure. You know, got Blinn out there, got the tournament out there. And the, that tournament's been going on for like 20 years. Yeah. And in both cases, you had state champions mm -hmm. that, from the past that are in these. And it's like, it's in a time when you like, if the Rio Grande Valley hadn't had some cold weather, like 40 degrees, because uh, they're Southerners and um, snowbirds down there that when it gets cold, they close schools. But we should have seen about 16 yeah. schools. And we, we didn't see that many because um, but those are the opportunities where, you know, if a coach can go in and see 16 different schools in a few days, mm -hmm. you're winning. Because the, the reason why a lot of college coaches don't go to high school games you got freshmen, you got sophomores, you got juniors, you got seniors. You might have an eighth grader in there, depending on the state and the school and whatnot. And you're like, oh, I like this kid. Oh, wait, I got to wait three years on him. I want to look for the seniors or I want to look at juniors. But if you, mm -hmm. and so if you go to a game, a lot of, like I've done it, I've had really good success in spending time with high school games. But there's a lot of people who are like, they don't want to invest that kind of time. So if you provide that platform, publicize the schedules, let, I mean, I made the mistake. I'm not an El Paso native. And I was told this stadium, I heard it, I plugged in the school, I go there and I missed like the first half of a game because I'm trying like, where's this? And they're like, we don't have a game here. We got a JV game at seven o'clock tonight. I'm like, no, there's a, and they're like, oh, it's over at this other facility. And it took me a while to figure out through Google, but it's like, if those things were available, you'd have a lot more potential to get coaches to come in for a weekend to see right. games and get exposure for kids and, you know, like. It's kind of like the nice thing for the kid when they got a lot of options or more options, you know, th there's just a better way for them to find the right school instead of like, oh, this is my number one because there's only two schools mm -hmm. um, and it may neither of them might be the right fit. But they're like what I found for with El Paso kids like they're looking, you know, not everybody wants to leave Texas. Not everybody wants to leave El Paso, just like not everybody wants to leave Georgia or Alabama. But, you know having the ability to find those kids because there are some really special mm -hmm. kids that, that, you know, they cross over every day from, from Juarez and they're carrying a 4.0 and they're leaving home at 4 AM. Like all mm -hmm. the coaches out there, like those are the kind of kids I want in my program. Like they're sacrificing, they're dedicated. Um, I stumbled over a kid who, you know, he's only going to be able to play his senior year at, uh, at um, I can't remember. So I won't, I won't butcher and, and give somebody credit they don't deserve. But I saw this kid, I have to look back at my notes, um, and it's like they practice at like six, 
or seven in the morning. The coach is like, yeah, he has to leave his house at this ungodly time. And he's still carrying like a three, five. Mm-hmm. Like th- those are the kind of kids that I look at. And it's like, they're, they're really after it. And yeah. those are, those are the special things about El Paso that I find is really unique. And you've got so many schools in that city and you can kind of like throw a rock and, from one school to the next sometimes. And I discovered that when I came down when we first met and I was an admissions counselor and I booked all these schools and it was like, boom, 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 boom. You know, oh, just like yeah. I could hit up five in a day. Like you go to another city and it's like, oh, I got to drive 40 <laughs> minutes to go to the next school in El Paso. It's like five minutes down the road, you know, because you got Del Valle yeah. and Isleta and that, that dish, you know, that ISD and go over here and you got all these schools and you can just, and it's, yeah. it's pretty, it's a pretty handy thing uh from that perspective yeah so as we start transitioning here coach we start i uh i know we're gonna have you <clears throat> excuse me we're gonna have you for our, our next segment our counterattack segment but before before we do that i got one final question for you here so see if you can finish this sentence for me so the two th- the 2022 talladega soccer seasons will be a success if we transcend the program you want me to go on <laughs> i don't know if you got more behind that or not that's like it's, a, if, it's uh, a loaded- what is going to be what's the definition what's the definition that coach radiger gives gives his team as transcending what's the definition there transcending is is making things different and and you know turning around and, and heading in a direction that is that is unlike ever before you know, on the men's side, sure, we could go skyrocketing up and plummet down. But to transcend the men's program is to provide a quality base that's going to be here for years. On the women's side, well, both of them need to immediately become a much stronger team in a, in a competitive on the field atmosphere. But to transcend it, we've got to be like kids ask me what the goals are. I said it's to give up fewer goals, to score more goals, to win more games, to lose fewer games, to have a higher GPA, to do more community service everything is going to be better than it was before. That's the only way you can transcend. You can't like, I don't believe in slow burns. You know, I believe in right away. Um, Coach Mack always called me something. I forget what his little name for me was, but you know, I believe it's got to be like, if you start off slow, I think you never really make the change because you're making excuses all along the way of, oh, that'll be better. That'll be better tomorrow. And I believe in excellence is like, there's only one standard. And that to be able to be transcendent, like you've got to set the standard so high that people are having to clamor to reach it. And hopefully everybody that's here wants that. But Mm -hmm. the people I bring in, they have to want that. They have to be in line with that. So that's what transcending is, is everything's got to be better. All right. I like that. It's good. Good. All right. So I know you're going to stick around with us. We get to pick on you a little bit, uh, ask you some questions for our counterattack segment. Uh, Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. If your son or daughter is serious about college athletics, call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athletes. 
All right, and we're back with uh, Coach Rudy Rediger, the head men's and women's soccer coach of Talladega College. He was uh, nice enough to join us on day two on the job. So, all right, Coach, welcome back. We get to have some fun with you now. You ready? I am. All right, awesome. So, handful of questions. This is our counterattack segment. I kind of ask away. We try to, you know, keep it relatively brief. Uh, I would say rapid fire in in theory but it just kind of depends right so um all right so all of these re uh, apply as a coach not not as a player okay so any game day superstitions or rituals um uh, uh, drink a lot of coffee and um but that's a daily routine so that's, say, that's nothing every, i don't know that's <laughs> that's just a life <laughs> ritual coach <laughs> that is uh absolute the fact that i'm only drinking uh some uh, ginger tea here instead of coffee at this time of night is uh, yeah. a little concerning, but I would say some of my rituals are have to do with, you know, packing my bag and making sure everything's there. Cause it's like, it's kind of like when I travel abroad or, or whatever, I always feel like I'm forgetting something. Yeah. And so it's like being very routine. Um, I don't have a superstition. Um, even though uh, Jay Reese, who was the basketball coach at Alexander high school when I was there, uh, he made me wear the same stuff throughout the whole uh, high school basketball tournament, and I wasn't even a player. Um, it was kind of the deal. He wouldn't let me change the tie or my socks or anything. And I, don't, I mean, it's like comfort. It's like comfort food, I guess, for people to say. Um, right. But you know, but it's like I probably do uh, have a little bit of like uh, a superstition that I probably have to break my glasses at least once a year. My sunglasses. Uh, it happened oh, yeah. on day one. At, it happened on day one at Talladega, so it's going to be good. There you go. All right. So yeah, are you? I don't know if you're like me. And maybe it's just military. Maybe it's just the military lifestyle. But I have a full head to toe check every time whenever I'm packing. So never, you know, I, I forgot something one time in my entire military career, and, and I adopted that. And it's it's never it. You know, knock on wood, hasn't failed me since. So thank God. I'm, thank I'm God. gonna have to maybe adapt that. I mean, my my head to toe is like, did I shave today? Yeah. No. Exactly that, or the time of year. You know, it's got a hat. You know, bucket hat, uh, you know, beanie, just depends. You got to have something, right? You got to have something. That, to this is actually on. when I have the ability, I like to shave very close towards the game because they get right. real annoying when I'm when I've got some fuzz there like I do now or sandpaper. I don't I'm, I'm just yeah. all about the Mr. Clean now. There you so go. that's there that's you one go. of my things because I like to I used to run my hair and through my hair back in the day. And well, um, you got a you got a great barber, in my opinion. So I'll just leave it at that. So. All right. Favorite number and why? Uh, my favorite number as a player was six. And that was because when I was a freshman in high school, I walked down the row and it was like number 41, number whatever, all these horrendously huge numbers. And then there was six over here and I couldn't believe all the upperclassmen left six. So I went and walking up and uh, coach Jerry, the, the head coach at the time, legendary Alexander high school coach. He's like, oh, nobody goods ever wore six since whoever and i was like well that's gonna change not that i was good but my junior year i took 12 dives like i'll be honest i took 12 dives were given 12 penalty kicks chris diagostino state player of the year that year first team all state was just putting them in the back of the net for us um but i claimed to fame was i was the upside down nine so i'd be on the ground and somebody else would get the goal but um <laughs> i like six because of its uh it's meaning within Golo Conte and the defensive mid and the kind of part like that wasn't me necessarily, 
um, but that person who is a defender who does a lot for the team. I think mentally I was that person in an attacking position a lot of times, but um, that very selfless player is is the number yeah. six. Yeah. Yeah, I love me some Angolo Kante. He's fun to watch. He's he, he really easy to be underappreciated too until you really start watching him, right? More and more and more. You just you yeah, you get a great appreciation for him. So yeah. Uh so oh, here a little comment here from uh, John Burke congratulating you. So all right, uh, another little comment. Um great conversation. Thank you, John. Appreciate you. Um oh. Up there in the great state of Michigan is John. There he is. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Are you a emoji, emoji guy, GIF? I don't even know what to call it anymore. GIF, GIF, emoji, GIF, or both? Which which one are you? I lean way more towards the emoji because um, they're right on my keypad. I don't have to go searching for yeah. the one. Um, yeah, I was going to say, as much as you and I talk, your, your emoji game is kind of weak. I got to admit. I got to admit. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, well, but my my uh, pontification game might be might be decent. I don't know, um, but yeah, my 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 emoji game is pretty weak. But that's all right. Or your gift game, I should say, not your emoji. Oh, oh your yeah, gift. yeah, your gift game. Sorry, your gift. Yeah, yeah. I my, think your emoji, based off our conversations, your emoji go to must be the uh, the the guy with his his head in his hand, probably. You know, because I <laughs> somehow I see I see that I see that one all the time. So or right. praying or praying hands. There you go. Yeah. So, all right. Next one. Something, uh, it's kind of a deep one here. Something you wish you would have been told prior to entering coaching. Hmm. That's a good deep question because, um, I don't think anybody could have given me any advice before I got in that would have sunk in, um, that would have changed my, uh, my path because it wasn't until I was in it that you actually, it's kind of like kids going through the process. I talked to a right. girl last night. She had never talked to a college coach before. I'm like, you have any questions? She's like, no. And she was so nervous and she didn't know what she was ready for. And I'm like, don't worry. I'm not scary, you know? Um, but for me, it was like, I remember when I got into coaching and I got some good mentors and I could, I had a reference point. Because um, looking on the outside, like you think it's one thing um, that it's, that it's not, you know, because like I tell the players all the time, 98% of what I do is not coaching. You know, it's, I, I get that little bit of time on the field. It's all the other things in the office, the recruiting, the scouting, the video work, maybe GPS, whatever, the weight room. And so, you know, I think the advice that I probably didn't need, but would have helped me is it, you know, it's going to be a lot more work than you think, but yeah, you know, the, yeah. the trying, the trying times are so rewarding in the end of the day, you know, when you think it's tough and you're really upset about something, you know, then, you know, years down the road, a kid calls you and says, I need to talk to my other dad. You know, those are the things like when you're, when you're in the midst of things and going through with kids like that, you don't know, but then down the, down the road that that person's coming back to you. And this happened to me like not too long ago. And like, those are the things. And, you know, I've had, in the midst of like moving and I felt bad because I was like, man, I need to spend some more time with kids that like they need me right now, but they're, they're long removed from me, but they're, we're still very close and connected and they're going through life and, you know, they're leaning on the, that experience in, in, in the age that, you know, cause I'm, I'm like, I don't feel old. And we, we kind of joked about my age and, um, but you do have a life experience and that's what like coaching is giving back 
you know, the life experience that you have to, to other people. And I think that's maybe the advice that I didn't really get from a vocal, but I saw it with my high school coaches and my club coaches. Like they, right. they, they, they were reflective of that. So I, I picked up on that. I was like, I wanted to be, I wanted to have that person in my life when I got to college. Gotcha. So that's one of the reasons I got into coaching was like, I, I want to be able to be that person yeah, that I had. Absolutely. absolutely. So, all right, next one, hidden talent. We know it's not your, uh, we know it's not your gift game. So hidden talent. It's definitely not singing. Um, and I, I don't know, like I've got, uh, it's not really a hidden talent. Some people define me a little bit more, uh, from like a graphic design and, and a marketing side of things. But, uh, so it's not really hidden, but that's one of the, the pieces to something I've done behind the scenes. Um, and neither is networking, I, I, a hidden talent. I'm pretty shallow. I mean, I can cook. Um, I, I've, uh, when I, when I, yeah. When I started, uh, when I was about 12 years old, I started a, a bread baking business and and oh, making bread, man? bread baking, bread baking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I made bread by hand when I was about 12 years old and had a clientele at the church. Um, and then once a month did sweet rolls. And so like, I'm a, I'm a cr critic of bread, you know, now when I go places because it's, uh, that's one of those strange things. And then my grandfather had a U-Pick strawberry farm, so I'm I'm pretty uh I'm pretty snobbish when it comes to strawberries because I actually worked on a strawberry farm and U-Pick nice. and had it. And so like those are some things that people don't usually know about, I guess. Right. Um, and somewhere, well, you can't see it behind me, but there's a shelf that I made when I was in high school. I was in wood shop, so um, those those are some hidden hidden talents, I guess. All right, awesome. So next one, favorite movie quote. That, that you can share that you can share oh my gosh what you really caught me on that one i'm terrible i used to own about a thousand dvds um and now i don't really watch movies that much anymore um and i'm terrible on quotes i'm trying to think of one it's something about all right god it's time to come and like show up and show off i forget uh the exact quote um but it's a it's a sports movie and it's based in the south and the girls like um so that was one of my uh my favorite ones is because it's kind of like all right this god come on come on show up and show off like what you're all about um or i could just be real boring and say rudy rudy um still gets me chill bumps not from soccer i was terrible at basketball folks so that's when i got <laughs> cheered for like that all right. I tried to set it up there for you. I didn't know if you were <laughs> going to go that route or not, but all right. little comment here from uh, Emma Hanning uh, congratulating you, I guess, saying you're a grill master. I don't know. That's That, 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 remains, that, is, that remains to be seen. We'll see. That is, that is facts. That is facts, yeah. as the kids all say. All right. All right. Next one. All right. You are appointed the soccer czar in America today, right? Um, so tomorrow, what's the first thing you change soccer in America tomorrow? Agenda item number one, what's the first thing you change? Um, I would make the collegiate soccer um, both semesters and, and match it up with basketball. Uh, that would be one of my biggest things that I think would be the like a, a game changer from a sports science and a health and safety of the players. And, mm -hmm. you know, like you look at the spring right now, it's only about development. You get limited 
exhibitions. Right, right. And in the fall, it's all about win, 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 win. And there's not a real balance in the in the soccer. Like baseball gets a, a special long fall season and basketball gets to start. Soccer's been like this very unique thing. It's like we're the first ones in and condensed season, boom, if you're in the national championship, like December 10th, you're done. And then you're off until February. And then you got this weird training. And then it's right. like, so it's like that would be one of the biggest things because I think it would it would really change the collegiate game and you know, not that the college game should be the pathway to the professional, um, but it still should be an option. And if it doesn't align, it's a lot harder for those players to make that step. I mean, we've got it in the basketball and everything, but the soccer world is different than those other sports. But you're still going to have a Jamie Vardy in the U.S. at some point. Right, right, right. right. Okay. So, all right. And you can't say you can't say Sean Astin from the movie Rudy in this one. So who would play you in a movie? Hmm. Who would play me in a movie? Oh gosh, you know I'm really bad at uh, who who actors are. Um, so that that I'm probably going to fail at. Um, Nobody, not even no no Clint Eastwood, no uh, something something. No, I don't know. I ain't saying you're that old. I'm just saying something. No, I'm trying you know? to think of the guy. Um, there is an actor. Uh, it was an action figure. Um, man. Got a simple... oh, we'll, we'll come back to that one. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. We'll come back to that. One. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to do some Google because you know, I'm go. picturing, but I'm terrible with names. All right. So, all right. In three words, how would your players describe you? Crazy. Three words. Passionate. And um, caring. Okay. Good. Good. All right. So most recent book you read or, or are currently reading? Uh, the current book that I'm reading is, where are we at? Um, where did I put it? Called the coach, um, by Bobby Bowden. Hmm. Okay. Gotcha. All right. How is that? It's a really fantastic behind the scenes of how he started off in some really challenging situations and how his faith was important to him. And well, he's lucky he had a wonderful wife that was also very supportive. Um, but right. the things that he, um, that he, the tough decisions that people don't know about and how he actually turned around Florida state when it was nothing. It's mm -hmm. pretty fascinating because he came out and he was very bold and people thought he was crazy because they couldn't do anything. And, you know, as a, as a program, they had been nothing and, and Florida just been rolling Florida state. And then all of a sudden, they, yeah. you know, it took him a couple of years and then it's like, oh, wait a second, who's this? And he had, he had believed in it all the time. He, he really went about building the program with intention, you know, and, and finding people. And that's one of the things that I, you know, you know, Tony Dungy and Joe Paterno, um, <clears throat> you know, did the forwards. But Tony Dungy is somebody that's I really respect as well. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so stay with me. We got two more, two left. Well, three. Technically, we got to go back to that other one. So, yeah. All right. Three songs in your playlist right now oh man three songs in my playlist um, one of your playlists yeah i was gonna say um i've been listening i'll just maybe more on artists so this is gonna be real broad all right um grits it's an artist uh okay. band and then creedence clearwater revival and metallica there you go. some good old ccr huh yes
I am gonna find this. And what's the action other one? figure? Oh, oh, was there? Was that three? Did you say three or two? Yeah, grits. Grits uh-huh. is a uh, Christian rap band. Yeah, uh, CCR, and then Metallica. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is pretty broad. There you go. All right. All right. So here's a deep question here for you. Or do you want to go back to that? Your yes. who would you in a movie? Who is that? Jason Statham. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good actor. Good actor. Yes. All right. So, all right. Final one. Great haircut too. So, all right. Lessons, lesson, uh, lesson learned that resonates with you uh, from the pandemic, with you personally. Hmm. Lesson learned from the pandemic. I think it kind of resonates that um, you can let anything bother you um, and being able to be adaptable and and solve like a situation um when like things change in the world all the time and it was a it was a big change you know i remember i was traveling 1500 2000 miles a week and all of a sudden boom i'm sat in my apartment for months on an end and it was a big big change for me um like i didn't see people for like a month on a time for a while um it was just Locked down, shut in, go get groceries. That's the only time you saw people and you buy enough for a month. And well, I'm very interactive with people. Right. And so it's like, how do you solve that? Well, this kind of option became a thing. And I was, you know, like I actually wrote it down because um, yesterday I had 692 phone notifications and today it's over 500 before we got on this who knows now um but i'm pretty interactive with people and you know so it was a lot more phone calls to my family and friends and actually former players and getting in touch with them but it's like the life lesson i think is like how do you solve this thing that you didn't know was ever going to be there and and also you know education you know getting learning about things and and not getting stuck into believing first thing you hear sometimes. Um, you know, I, I left Berlin and like the last study hall I had with the guys, they're trying to convince me this child was 26 year old MMA, like superstar. Oh, coach, you've never heard of this person. And, uh, and I'm like, that kid's like four years old. No, 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 all this stuff. And I was like, I might've been born in the morning and it was almost leap day. So I could be a lot younger than I am but it wasn't this morning you know like you know don't believe everything you hear that you see on TikTok or whatever um which comes with age but those those are some of the life lessons that came through you know that you, you already knew but then it's like how do you reinvent yourself i think is you know in those real different times how do you reinvent yourself to become effective and still be the person you are with the with the new limitations and and safeguarding that was taking place like i i was supposed to go on about three out of country trips that summer Mm -hmm. and you know the flight to to birmingham from houston was the first time i'd been on a flight um since like 2019. yeah yeah. It was the, it was the craziest thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's it, man. We've been through all of them, so we did it. So, absolutely loved having you here. Yeah, you're. So you told I made me, it. Told, told you'd be fine. I know you were sweating it a little bit, but uh, yeah. coach, this has been awesome. Have absolutely loved having you on here. Um, 
And, uh, you know, before, obviously before we go, um, just kind of wanted to see any final thoughts, anything you wanted, wanted to share shout outs, anything, uh, before we wrap up here. Uh, lots of, I could give lots of shout outs and I gotta be careful, but I want to, I want to thank the administration at Talladega for believing in me. Um, cause this is, while I've been a head coach, multiple different places, this is the first four year head coaching job. Um, and like, like I told him, I was looking for a destination job and for them to believe in like my vision of the program to align with theirs is a, is a big statement. And Kevin and Demond, the athletic director and assistant athletic director and the president, um, here at Talladega and then, you know, Mac McBride down at, at Blinn and, you know, the head coach there and Scott Schumacher, the AD, um, massively supportive in, in everything that happened. And, you know, got to say hello to Ray Wells out there at Lindsey Wilson. He's finishing up his, his career in the NAI. He's going to be big time miss. Um, Tim Linehan at Northwestern really shaped me in, in some other creative ways. And he's retired from Northwestern. We lost some big time, great coaches recently that have you know gone on to to a new part of their life um but you know jay martin at ohio westland still still going and i hope he keeps going um because that way i can keep saying he's he's been in the national tournament more years than i've been alive um which is just mind-boggling but um you know say hello to my family my my parents back in ohio and my siblings kind of all over the country um and all the former players out there, it would take me a long time, but specifically Dari Maomi and Troy Caesar, um, two guys that I've been really close to and uh, probably won't see James Quinn on this. Um, he's uh, over in England right now, but uh, some of the some of the memorabilia behind them is uh, and Ryan Davies shoes over my shoulder there. Some guys that have been really special and um, but all the players I could I could list and list and list and list those because uh, they've been really special. Uh, I probably shouldn't have named any specific ones there. I'll get in trouble. Um, but all the friends out there and, and Matt up in Michigan that we spoke the other night and um, what we talked about, if he's seeing this, like that was really special to me. Um, you don't you don't hear every day that like uh, this isn't I don't know how to say this, but coaches that are coaching out there, like until somebody tells you, you don't know that you're like inspiring somebody. And I was pretty blown away last night that. Uh, like I've taken a non-traditional path and you learn about other people that are also kind of going through that. Uh, so I, I want to like encourage people who didn't have the normal way to, to a college degree taken a different path. Like it's not easy. Um, trust me, it took me 21 years to finish my, my bachelor's degree, but it's made me passionate about giving kids the direct path and the mentorship, but the, the people who are going through that and really want to do the same, um, I say stay strong and, you know, people want to reach out. Um, I'm, I'm found on social media and, um, if I'm not on the Talladega website yet, I, I will be shortly, but social media, I can be found easy at rude sports. Uh, and if you're a nice person, I'll approve you on Instagram to be my friend, um, uh, Twitter's wide open, but, um, those are the kind of things that I would say to people like, you know, keep working. If you're in the game and you're coaching, uh, my hat's off to you because, it is a, a, a not even a labor of love. It's a it's a it's a job of love. I was talking to Sean Soderling tonight because um, we're going to play them in the fall. They're mm -hmm. coming to down here, and I said, you know, like I don't think this job's hard. I don't. It's a lot of hours, but I personally don't find the job hard. And I think some people make it hard um, because, but it shouldn't be. It should be absolutely right. a joy to get up every day and you know 
talk to the players and see them accomplish great things, you know, see them be better than I ever was and, you know, accomplish greater things and, and know about the scholarships and all these other things like that's, it's exciting to me. So everybody out there doing that, I just say, keep on it. And I'll look forward to, to hearing from people. And uh, I'm excited to see what uh, Talladega and, and for those people who said, good luck playing so-and-so this fall, I say, bring it on. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. Great stuff. <clears throat> Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, you know, you did hit on it there at the end that it's, I've often referred to it as I tell people, you know, just not even whatever interviews, just when I start talking about my, my love for the game, my passion for our, you know, this is our, our craft, you know, I call it our, our craft and it's yeah. not, you know, it's not a job. It's not a career. It's a calling because for those very reasons that you talked about, um, the ability to influence, the ability to impact. And oftentimes it's, we have to have faith in the process in terms of knowing that you may never see the kind of the fruits of your labor of what, you know, our, our scholar athletes go on to become or what they turn into until years down the road. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, very well said. So, you know, my final thoughts really, um, you know, last week of world events, uh, it's been a tough week for obviously for a lot of people. A lot of people have beyond the pandemic and their own personal circumstances, I think, have have kind of received a major reset, you know, in terms of events going on around the world, but also specifically events that have happened within the last 24 hours. And again, with what we opened up with. But, um, you know, my big thing is for, you know, for 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 coaches out there as well as you know, your student athletes, make sure that you're checking in, you're checking in on each other, you're checking up with each other, you know, making sure that you're staying, staying connected and finding ways to, you know, get to know one another better beyond just soccer or beyond your commitment to the game, to your team, because uh, you just never know, right? You just never know what, what someone might be privately going through, right? So goes without saying goes without saying uh mental health very important aspect very important aspect so uh again coach he is coach rudy Reidiger, the head men's women's soccer coach of talladega college thank you again coach have uh this has been long uh, long overdue long in the making very happy to see you uh, uh getting hired and i have no doubt that talladega both programs are going to be uh they're going to be uh transcendent very soon so uh I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we we appreciate you having on the podcast team. Appreciates you coming on for our listeners, for our supporters. Thank you again for everything. Uh, one update: you will start seeing us in the next couple of days. The uh, the podcast, all of the old episodes, all of the old audio episodes, uh, going all the way back to December fifteenth of twenty twenty when we launched our very first episode. It, they, it, they are now actively being migrated, and so you'll start seeing us pop up on Spotify. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts uh, within the next, probably the next couple of days as well. So, and for those of you, if you're on, uh, for those of you that are on Podbean, we're already on Podbean as well as they are our uh, our podcast host, host site. So uh, for our listeners, again, thank you for everything, for our supporters. You're the reason why we do it. We're getting, we're inching closer and closer to that time of the season, the Texas, you know, Texas uh, high school soccer, UIL state playoffs. Uh, the district races are tightening up and they're winding down. So we'll continue. Uh, we'll continue to be coming live very soon with special special episodes of Inside Texas High School Soccer. But until then, 
keep doing your thing keep and you know what to do keep downloading and keep listening